P-R-I, son, it is prison, it is fun. Here we go, you're in trouble, get behind the bars. P-R-I, S-O, son, it is prison, it is fun. Stay in line, eat your soup, clean it up, it's for you. P-R-I, S-O, son, it is prison, it is fun. Burn your mattress, take off your shirt, watch out for that ghost, it will hurt. Priso son? <laughs> Music. Welcome to New World Pictures Podcast, where we're going to talk about every single movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I got in the habit of drinking Lysol in Gainesville in 49. (laughs) And Erica. I feel like if I'm going to go to prison, I hope that my cellmate is a hot young Viggo Mortensen. But with my luck, it won't be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's right we are starting off our ghost this is our month where we are talking about ghost movies released by new world pictures and we're going to start it off with a bang with 1987's prison enter another world we just hang around this slaughterhouse waiting for our where something is trapped in the dark. Something grab hold of me. Some things just won't stay buried. It's something evil. I summon the creature of darkness. It's something inhuman. What's happening in there? And it's waiting for someone. Come forth and show yourself. To open the door. Now the evil is loose and there is no escape. place to spend one's life is miss walker prison <laughs> that's right 1987's prison brought to you by rambo first blood part two <laughs> are you looking for a good movie to rent why not rent rambo first blood part two it's not prison it's a different film altogether it's Rambo so, again. <laughs> and he's not in prison. He's not in prison. He's no. out and about. Uh-huh. Exactly. Rambo. First Blood Part 2. <laughs> not at all prison. 
Prison is directed by Rennie Harlan in his first American movie following his debut, Born American, which uh, was actually shot in Finland, but starred Mike Norris, Chuck Norris's son, who took over the role when Chuck Norris turned it down because uh, there was some problem with the funding and they had to extend the schedule. So he said, nah, use my son instead, which is what they should have done with Mission in Action, (laughs) Missing in Action 3. Which is not Rambo either. <laughs> not Rambo. Just also clear. Rambo. Just to be clear. Uh, Prison leads right away to Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which is released in 1988. So right away, um, he gets that job, which, of course, kicks his career into high gear as he goes on to direct Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea, and yes, Cutthroat Island. <laughs> Um, I waiting for you to get to that one. <laughs> I mean, okay. I would have started You're there. You're thinking but... it, so here it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's still at it, though. In fact, um, I didn't know this, but I looked it up. He is dire- he has directed the upcoming third Strangers movie, uh, hmm. which is, in fact, a reboot, and they're going to do three. They're doing a trilogy of Strangers movies, but he has directed the next Strangers movies. So yep. Perfect Strangers? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. They're going to do three of them. It's perfect because he's from Finland and Balki's obviously <laughs> also that from a foreign country. So Holy it all makes shit. sense. It all makes sense. Good choice. Uh, I mean, I yeah. would have said Cutthroat Island too, but you're doing a <laughs> no, no, perfect no. Strangers trilogy. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, at this I'm point, I, at this point, I, I, at this point with the way movies are right now, I, I actually don't think that's probably far from the realm of reality that we get a Perfect Strangers movie. <laughs> Sitcom that like probably most millennials would, would even be like, what? Which show? What's this? Yeah. Right. So right. like, it's cool. It'll be great. Anyway, this is written by C. Courtney Joyner, which is and based on an idea by producer Erwin Yablins, who uh, gave John Carpenter his start with Attack on Precinct 13 and Halloween. He was the producer of those movies. Uh, This was Yablins' original conceit, um, though it was a bit more of a um, slasher film in the early days. In fact, um, Joyner actually uh, talks about it in this book, Empire of the Bees, the mad movie world of Charles Band. He says, um, uh, the other producer, Bruce Cone Curtis and Erwin Yablins were very hands-on with the script. Erwin had tried to develop the project at Lorimar and didn't like the result because it was Halloween goes to jail, a slasher flick in prison. I said it had to be supernatural because a convict running around with a knife isn't a threat to anyone since all convicts have shivs. Irwin and Bruce liked the ghostly concept, and that was the direction I took it in. Voyager was dissolved, and Irwin took prison out to um, find a deal to make the movie. The project was shopped, and we ended up at Empire because Yablins had a long-standing relationship with Charles Band. So that is how we get this version of prison. And as I just said, this is not a New World movie per se. It was made through Empire. That's mm-hmm. why we have all the Empire Pictures regulars, such as cinematographer Mac Alberg, who also shot Ghost Town, which we covered on this podcast. Um, uh, Richard Band, Charles's brother, does the yep. score, mm-hmm. along with Christopher L. Stone, who I think, and I did not look this up, so I could be wrong, but <laughs> I think he did the soundtrack to The Annihilators. Hmm. Hmm. 
I, so, I, that that soundtrack doesn't stand out to me. So <laughs> Mark, I can't help me. But I, I will say that, and this movie does have a very Charles Band look, uh, with the just gratuitous amount of blue light everywhere. I mean, yes. the movies. It's lit like an 80s porn movie and shot like a TV movie of the week, which is basically would have been the perfect kind of TV viewing for me when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, that had actually existed. <laughs> no, it <laughs> but, is. It is. Uh, you're right. And it, but I that's all because of Mac Alberg, who was the cinematographer. And he also shot Hell Knight. Um, uh, and he also worked with, uh, he's Swedish and he worked with Ingmar Bergman and stuff. So he, he'd had a very long career, but he was pretty much the go-to guy at Empire. He didn't shoot all the movies, but he was kind of an, a go-to guy. Um, did not... you guys, did you get, did either of you get the thought while watching this that, you know, we talk a lot about the late stage Hellraisers and how they took stories that were written that had nothing to do with Pinhead and the Lament configuration and they wrote Pinhead into the story. I felt mm-hmm. like this movie, too, you could have dropped in Pinhead at any point. Like, the crucifix <laughs> could have been the box. Mm-hmm. And you could he could have shown up at any point, and I would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, I get, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Because if it had been the, um, uh, the warden who did it back in the day, and then he just, like... Just he just took that wall and just like walled it up. He was like, ah, I opened right. up, I opened up the box there, so let's mm-hmm. wall that area up. Right, it actually would yeah. have made a lot of sense. Yeah, and with it, the, all, always the bright light kind of penetrating through the walls and everything. Yeah, I think that's actually, it right. actually works almost too well and too good, so it wouldn't have been made. It was, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not crappy. Well, if you, when you put the Hellraiser lens on this movie, it makes more sense. <laughs> which... <laughs> Is yeah. a testament to Hellraiser, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, there is other guys as well involved from Empire as well, including um, Andy editor Andy Horvich, uh, who had edited a lot of Empire stuff. But he all started out editing Android and Boys Next Door for New World. And he also worked on Rappin' for Canon. Hmm. But then he settled into Empire, and he would even move on to a lot of Full Moon projects. Okay. Um, this movie... Aim high. Aim high. <laughs> hey, you know, get the work <laughs> where you can, man. Yeah, This sure. stars Viggo Mortensen in one of his earliest roles. Um, of course, he's he is he's best known for uh, his roles in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, <laughs> yep. and Young Guns 2. And of And, of course, obviously... That Miami Vice episode he did in season three. Yeah. That's where he's episode. most known for all those. Um, he's done some other things of note, but nothing quite like those. No. Is <laughs> he even also... around anymore? Does he even act anymore? <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything. So, anyway. I refuse to laugh at this joke. I'm not supporting this. On behalf of all V-girls, we don't support this. On behalf of all V-girls and V-guys, V-goys... Vigo fans, you wouldn't understand. That's right. That's right. We get, we don't understand because you guys have yet to work out your name for what your fans are. Maybe we can be vegans. Okay, just work it out. Workshop it with the rest right. of the club. All right. Uh, this also stars Lane Smith as Warden Sharp. 
Uh, Smith was a theater actor, having appeared in uh, the off-Broadway revival of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He also was in the Broadway run of Glengarry Glen Ross in the 80s. Uh, he appeared in smaller roles in several films in the 70s and caught a break in Red Dawn and the TV series V. Uh, he got an even bigger break years later after this when he was cast in Son-in-Law alongside yeah. Holly Shore. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, hit that clip. Let's chow down here and munch on some grinding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that could have yes. found a way into this movie, it would have oh, been. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a what a shift for Warden Sharp if he suddenly was like, let's Munch on some grinding. Some grindage. Uh, this also also stars Chelsea Field, who prior to this starred as Tila in the Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Um, she would go on to appear in Death Spa, Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man, The Dark Half, Birds 2, Land's End. Oh, yeah. And most recently. She was on NCIS New Orleans, mm. which ended uh, in 2021. Mm. Some might know her as Mrs. Bacula. She is Scott Bacula's <laughs> wife. Oh. Yeah, she is. She that's is how being... I know her. I mean, personally, that's, that's how I know her. That's how I referred to her around the house. Yeah, that's Mrs. right. Mrs. Scott so Bacula. You know, you know them, but not well enough to go by a first name basis. You no, have to no, call no. her Mrs. Well, Bacula. Mrs. Bacula. I mean, it's, it's you know, I... I when I'm you, not that close. I'm, when you go, hey, Scott, he turns around and he gives you a look like, what? I'm sorry, Mr. Bacula. And he's like, sorry, Mr. Bacula. He backs off. Mr. Bacula, he backs yeah. off. Yeah, he right. asked you to not call him Scott. <laughs> can, you, can you please not? It We'd makes love to me come over for dinner. Do not call me Scott. Right, right. And we only talk about Birds to Land's End. <laughs> talk about my wife's movies. <laughs> Here's where you can watch prison. Uh, as is typical for this movie, it's not easy to find and is not currently streaming anywhere. But if you take a look at YouTube's, I think you'll be satisfied. Um, is that where you watched it, Mark? All ten parts. <laughs> oh, you saw it in ten different sections. <laughs> ten oh, wow. different sections. Okay, no. you can find it all together in one in one video. But um, yes, it, and it's it's in Italian. Oh, oh. I didn't find one in Italian. But. Yeah, I found one on YouTube, oh, and see. it was in okay. Italian. So I so then I watched one that was split into ten parts, which I found I charming. See. I because I, I it gave me breaks. It was like a commercial break. <laughs> I was able to get up, make some popcorn, come back. I think that's the right way to watch it. You know, yeah. um, there is a way also to watch this on disc, which is how we did it because it does have a Screen Factory Blu-ray, which is now out of print. Um, hmm. I think it was yeah. released back in 2013. So I had to buy it off of eBay, which means someone needs to put this back out on Blu-ray because it is not easy to find. Um, and I would say Kino Lorber, maybe. Of course, New World, uh, the reason we're even talking about it is New World Video released this on VHS. It skipped DVD and was never released on DVD. And uh, now is on a Blu-ray that's out of print and... You have to watch it in ten parts on YouTube. So this is not not ever been worth an it. easy movie. It's worth it to find. Um, I do think it's worth it actually. And uh, just to tempt everybody, let's get into what this movie is about. Um, Mark, what is Prison about? Prison is about the importance of upgrading your fuse box. Listen, mm -hmm. lighting and powering mm -hmm. your business is challenging. 
mm-hmm. uh, when mm-hmm. you have it, especially when you have an antiquated fuse box. Uh, in addition to being unreliable, you run the risk of sparking, uh, blackouts, uh, summoning the dead. These are all risks yeah. that come with that <laughs> with that you know un un up, that unupdated fuse box. Uh, but more importantly, and I think this is really important for everyone to know, it's more expensive. So expensive, <laughs> expensive. In fact, you'll feel like a prisoner to the electric company. So everybody, <laughs> upgrade that fuse box. Yeah, that that is probably one of the most realistic parts of this movie is the <laughs> fact that they're like, let's start a new prison. Nah, let's not build one. Let's just put all these prisoners in this old one that we just basically closed down. And they're like, but it needs so much work. The prisoners will do it. Like That felt like, I buy that this would happen. Yeah. I buy that this is the premise. And supposedly, yeah. the prison that they shot this in in Wyoming. Yeah. This you can Wyoming tour. State you can, prison. You yeah. can take a tour of it, and it's they been... left parts that were from it to, that were done for the movie, like movie sets or whatever was built. They left there, and you can still see them. Yeah, well, which... they they didn't have a main entrance, so that whole main entrance that they have when Chelsea Field drives up and she sees the main entrance and Mrs. that big Bacula. door, uh-huh. Mrs. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bacula. Uh-huh. Hard, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Bacula, if you're listening. Thanks. Thank you, Ryan. I'm I'm gonna get a call later. <laughs> But like Wait, a while because he won't hear this for a while. They didn't have in? a big gated entrance like they wanted for the movie, so it didn't have what, that sort of like a tiny, like a door. I guess I have no idea. Small, it's like a little hobbit door. Like a little yeah. hobbit door. Just a little. Yeah, hobbit what door. is it like a folding <laughs> barn like a, door? Even like even just, like an old saloon door that yeah, just flaps right. Doors? right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Even in its early part of his career, Vigo couldn't get away from Hobbit doors. Revolving door? <laughs> it's a revolving door. Uh-huh. Hurry up through it and let out the air. <laughs> it's hot. No, one person um, at a time. You're going to get stuck. Um, Erica, what is prison about? It, to me, it just seemed the, like the importance of friendship. How important it is to just make friends early on and stand up for your friends because mm-hmm. yeah. they can really help you out later. So I thought it was a movie about friends. I know prison was the title, but it could have been called friendship and that would have also worked. The, the, the commentary on the Blu-ray, um, Rennie Harlan talks about how he included a lot of the different cliches of prison movies. The, probably the biggest of which is, is that all the prisoners are pals, which we remember from, with, with the exception of one mean guy, yeah, Rhino, everybody's all buddy-buddy, as we all recall from all prison movies ever. And, like, know each other. From, <laughs> yes. Like, have, like, heard of each other and right. know of yeah. one another through the great prison grapevine, I guess. The prison and, gossip grapevine. You know, like, when you're in school, like, elementary, or, like, in high school or junior high, whatever, and you there's, like, a new student, everyone's like, ooh, new student. So, like, it's a new prisoner coming in. This guy's a car thief. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's excited. But in this Viga case, Morgeson. they all showed up at the new old school together. Yeah. Correct. So like, they yep. were all the new kid at school at Correct. one time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And together, again, though some of them are new to all of it. Mm-hmm. And some right. Aren't. Right. Uh, for me, this movie was about, um, you know, you have to beware of the sins of your past because they may come back and destroy your computer. <laughs> and you, and 
<laughs> it could be basically a very expensive computer, mm-hmm. particularly for the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that you is don't, a good observation. You do not want to lose that computer. Yeah. Do you think that's why <clears throat> Mrs. Bacula's computer was destroyed? I do not know why her computer was destroyed at all because she's not even on the grounds. Well, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about it because I had the same question. Wyoming power? I, power I, I guess so. No, I, I, I thought about this and I have a theory. Oh, good. Okay. So when she, so her computer gets destroyed. In fact, her whole apartment or hotel room, question mark. I mean, motel? it could have been yeah. mood, motel. Like mo- yeah. It seemed like it could have been totally destroyed. And then she picks up this printed piece of paper. Right. I think, absolutely, this was just the neighbors. That printer was going all night. And neighbors mm. neighbors were like, enough. Enough mm-hmm. with this dot matrix printer. I mean, imagine you're in the room right next to, next to uh, Mrs. Bacula's uh, room. You're trying to read your kid, little bunny bedtime. Or 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 um, the wind's guard. You're like, okay, the wind's guarded. The wind's guarded. And, okay, the wind's guarded. Okay, hold on. The wind's... Would you shut the fucking printer? Who put on the printer? Who's got the printer? So... Now that is that has only two things. That has only printed out half of a sheet of paper, right? Yep, right. Yep. And also, That's... for people that do oh. never dealt with these kinds of dot matrix oh printers, that is half the volume of what they really are. <laughs> so I think so. It was like that's it. That's yeah. it. We are They're shutting like, this down. The motel had not updated their power uh, uh-huh. as well, yeah. so they just send a little surge. Blew yeah. that up. Took out the TV, but hey, that's that's I what, mean, that's you know, collateral damage. That's it what happens. happens. Here's the letterbox synopsis for prison. We're on letterbox. Give us a follow if you can. After Charles Forsyth was sent to the electric chair for a crime he didn't commit, he did commit. If you pause the TV long <laughs> enough to read a little bit of that article, he certainly did. He killed another prisoner while he was in prison. That's his crime. We never talk about it. They never bring it up, but that's the crime. He forever haunts the prison where he was executed. He didn't forever. He haunted it early. And then later, once they opened up the wall to the execution chamber. Yeah, and then he had a little break. Yeah, he had a long break. So not the entire time. Flash forward several years when the prison... So they're saying he was hunting the prison when he was executed. That was not ever shown to be the case. No. No. Uh, flash forward several years. This is when he actually does uh, haunt the prison. When well, the... he had to get his shit together and decide, to, does he want to haunt? Does he not? He had He's a like, I haven't on. left the spiritual plane. Should I give mm-hmm. this a shot? I don't know. I'm still around, I guess. When the prison is reopened, under the control of its new warden, Eaton Sharp, a former security guard who framed Charlie. When prisoners are ordered to break down the wall to the execution room, they unknowingly release the angry spirit of Charles Forsyth, a powerful being distributing his murderous rage to all, leading up to the warden himself. Mm. Uh, 
I first of all, <laughs> why were they? To- why did they knock down that wall? Well, I, there was never any instruct. Look, I don't need movies to give me every reason for every person's motive. Sure, but there sure. was zero reason. They were handed pickaxes. But they were Mark, made fun of. Do you know how to use this? And right. then they break down a wall with no explanation that unleashes the terror. Well, mm-hmm. because all of those, because that execution, the warden hadn't couldn't stop thinking about it, and he couldn't sleep, and he was having nightmares. So of course. You want to open it all up so you can come in and take a look at it. <laughs> right, right. Well, that I mean, brings me to my that brings me to other question. I guess I, I'll ask both of you, but I'll, maybe I'll just direct this one at you, Erica. Erica, you've been you you worked in this terrible job where oh, all kinds of horrible shit happened, and now you're at home. Uh, you're away, you've been away from this job for years. It's it was it left such an impression on you. You're having nightmares every night about this fucking job but hey that's in your past until the phone rings and someone on the other end says i need you to come back to the job are you gonna go back to that job i accept (laughs) (laughs) i don't even i've already got my suit on let's go i'm ready to go not only that but like Warden Sharp. Let's chow down here and munch on some grinding. Yeah, yeah. That this movie needed Polly Shore as a prisoner, big time. It did. Big time. Oh my god. Big time. It did. Oh. No, I mean, I'm I kind of like this movie. I'm not gonna lie. I I liked it, but imagine a little bit of the weasel in there. Oh, oh my god. Oh man. He would have gotten all those prisoners. <laughs> Get along and do so many crazy things. Car thief, but you're going to take a car for a ride. <laughs> Is that a good Polly Shore? Sure. Sure. I mean, I, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, he. I. they could have cast, I mean, granted, I loved that Gummy from Fletch was in this. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. character could have been Polly Shore to just kind of mix it up a little bit. He was. But then in that. he would have died first. He would have want to be the first ones to die because Gummy. Uh, by the way, Larry Flash Jenkins is his name. Right. He uh, he would have passed away. Uh, or one of the first scenes. Yeah. You Did know, he? It's one of the first big death. That's the one, and it's you know, my favorite scene. Oh. Is the one where they turn the oven, they that whole thing right, into right. an oven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's the first yeah. one to go, and they yeah. it has the most ridiculous effect, <laughs> where you see his fake head burst into flames, and it's ridiculous looking. And I was like, I love this movie. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah. what if that was Polly Shore? I know, I know. Mm-hmm. I just think we would have lost Polly very early on, <laughs> and right. I was sad to right. to, to lose uh, Larry Jenkins, who, by the way is also uh, in a role in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So um, we will also get back to Larry Flash Jenkins in in a later episode. Um, But uh, yeah, what's funny is when the warden does wake, he is woken up by that phone call. He's waking up to like nightmares of the opening scene where we see the opening scene where the killer is, we see him in his point of view and he's brought to the electric chair and he is sleeping alone. He is like... Mm -hmm. Uh, he is not. He is not married. He's Mm-mm. not. He's alone, mm-hmm. waiting for this phone call, having nothing but bad dreams, waiting for his shot. I also love that. Uh, I guess 
this is one of those industries, the prison industry, where like you can be a guard and you can have some crazy shit happen, and then like just sit and wait for years, and then somebody says, "Hey, I think we need to get you back," and also we want to put you in charge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you've been just on. You know, trust <clears throat> me, I've seen a lot of people. Come and You've go. been on ice for that, a long time. It's time to not only put you back out there, but put you in the top spot. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people leave leave companies and immediately level up. So this <laughs> it can happen. It it's can happen. True. That's very yeah. true. But this came out in 1980. But this isn't immediately. This is years later. Uh, yeah, sometimes it takes a little more time. But then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that person got that job? Okay. So this is 87. So this is kind of peak weasel time. Do you think that if Holly Shore was Gunk Is the it peak weasel time, though? <laughs> it is in my heart. Um, if, if Holly Shore was in this, that's going to be a big draw. Arguably a bigger draw than Vito Morgison. Right? Did I say that right? Vigo. Vigo, Vigo Morgison. Got it close enough. It's wow. he's my Sigourney well, you Beaver. Know what? You're this gonna episode. have to refer to him as Mr. Morton. <laughs> at, at this time, Morton. Now I can't even Mortensen. say Morton. Vigo Morton. <laughs> you were kicked out of the club. I'm out. That's You're it. out. I'm out of the Vigo. You're no ghost. longer a vegan. I'm no longer a vegan. <laughs> uh, around this time, this is when Polly's in 18 again for New World Pictures. Okay, so he's just coming up. Then never mind. Never yeah. mind. Never he's mind. He's in. Uh, I, where I was going was I thought like if this was if we were like right. <laughs> Right around Encino, man. This would be like when uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy showed up at the very end of Best Defense, and it was really right. just a Dudley Moore right. movie, and I everyone was yes. fucking pissed. Right, so you, they put they put him front and center on the poster. Right, right. Yeah, next, like, in '89 is uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. So just just for the, I know everybody tuned into prison so they can get the whole Polly Shore filmography. That's why you tune into an episode about a movie that Polly Shore is not Think in. Think about That's how right. different the poster would have been if Polly Shore was in this movie. It would have been his head instead of that skull face yeah. as the prison. Oh. It would have been just Polly Shore, like "What's up?" Like the wheeze. Hey, buddy. <laughs> no, it would have been. It wouldn't have been a, him as a skull. It would have been him like behind bars, like yeah. like uh oh, I'm in prison. In. there's a ghost <laughs> um, speaking of like if you did have Polly Shore in there he might be the main character or at least or, or if you're doing it right the third lead a, yeah. a couple other people to help carry the load sure, but sure but here's the thing that I thought was interesting about prison is that it isn't it's really an ensemble movie. It doesn't feel like there's a real main character to it at all. Like you think Warden Sharp is going to be the main character, but he actually turns out to be the villain, really, um, even though we start the movie with him. Then you meet Chelsea Field and you think, OK, she's going to be the main character. That's cool. But she's in the movie for maybe roughly 15 minutes total. As she keeps, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, she... taking phone calls to the motel and like dealing a little bit with the warden and then coming in at the end. Um, then you think, okay, it's got to be Vigo because we all know who Vigo is. However, Vigo at that time wasn't Vigo, so we, there's no real expectation he's the main character. He kind of is, but not exactly. Yeah. Uh, because he's so mysterious and then he's built into this big mystery later. So it's like we're not totally sure. Then I thought, okay, is this guy Lasagna going to be the main dude? Because he's talking a lot. 
lasagna. And he actually tells a story Lasa- about eating some pasta. Lasagna. <laughs> Would that have been Polly Shore? Should Polly Shore have been lasagna? Yes. The answer is a hard yeah, yes. 100%. Yeah. No. Yeah. Would he have put up a poster of Rambo 2 or would he have just put up a poster of like <laughs> a fresh babe or like you're not allowed to have that. I love how they were like early on like you can't have, have you can't have contraband and literally everyone had shit in their cells. Everybody yeah. had contraband. At the very beginning, I look, I've never served time. So I don't know hundred percent if I'm Here comes right. your expertise. But, expertise. But, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. Lifetime of TV and movies has told me. <laughs> Even when you're being bussed into the prison, you're not allowed to have sunglasses, baseball caps, uh, uh, jewelry. I mean, this prison, for being under war, uh, you know, this, this uh, 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 sharp, this guy who's like the warden is like this hard ass. He's running a very loose ship because they get, get they were even provisioned with clothes. It's sort of like reform school girls. You get your uniform, but then they all get to their cell and they're just wearing their jeans and a t-shirt anyway. You're thinking, <laughs> You're right. Wait, what is but happening in this prison? A, but that's the thing. They bust all the they say they're gonna bust in all these prisoners to this to this prison. But first they let them change into their regular clothes and then get on the bus. And then right. go to prison and then take all those clothes off again, right. hand them over to the prison. But then put them back on when they get to their cell. <laughs> well, no, then they they wear jeans and a shirt. No, but that's, then, a, that's not what they're handed when they walk in. Right, no, no. But that's and they still they, have jewelry, they have necklaces, rings. Right, right. They're, like, they're wearing, like, fucking hats. Like, I mean, also, recreation time at this prison. I, I was actually thinking I'm down to go to prison for a while if it's like this. You get to you get a guitar and a harmonica. There's like chess matches. People are hanging out, having fun. That bass, they're playing acoustic guitars and the bass is an electric bass. Yes. You, I was um, like, does he have a little amp? Does he have a little practice amp? Of course he did. He got wow. he's able to bring it with him. Because, right. you know, this But they're this like, is- no Rambo poster. <laughs> <laughs> well this is how you keep control over your can staff. i bring in these drums oh yeah you bet you bet can i bring in this bass and amp oh yeah go 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 come on don't even ask me these dumbass questions but rambo poster hell no no that does not that is not going to put in us in a cell well yeah i mean but this is how you keep control over your over your cellmates and we'll, th- this is something that i hated so i'm going to save it to oh. things we hated oh but uh oh. but uh you know the little oh. hint um, okay. A, 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 a spoiler. A real loose ship on the personnel management can <laughs> can reap wonderful rewards when there, it comes to controlling your staff. Holes galore in this film. There's no doubt. We just talked about one that. Uh, I mean, I don't. Why do they open up that? Why do they let out the ghost? There's no reason for them to knock down that wall to the execution chamber, other than the other than the movie needs it to happen. Mm-hmm. Why does the ghost, who is a prisoner, kill another prisoner? Makes no fucking sense. I I, okay, Erica did ask that, but here's my theory about it. Because um, as soon as he does kill a prisoner, because he does heat up the oven and he kills Gummy from Fletch, Mm -hmm. um, Larry Flash Jenkins, 
and he kills him, almost kills Rabbit. Yeah. But he's saved by Vigo. But what happens is that once that happens, the warden goes nuts. He goes berserk. So he gets super pissed off. So he's okay. throwing the warden off. The next person to get killed is when they kill um, one of the guards. Right. So so it's kind of like... Then, but why did he have to kill Rabbit after that? Because he had, he had let him go before. <laughs> so he was like, no... I don't. That sounded like you were discussing. No, 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 no. This is. I've really thought about that one. That was the part I thought about the most. I don't know if your theory holds up at that. No, point. No. Yeah. Ryan. No. Uh, yeah. And, and it would make him even more mad that he almost escaped. So he didn't want to show any form of weakness that, like, he could yeah. be beaten. Even though at the end of the movie, he like somehow electrifies off everyone's handcuffs and opens the door and allows everyone to escape. He didn't like rabbit escaping there because he knew it it wouldn't he wanted to make sure he could get the warden mad. So that wasn't gonna do it. Even so, though at the end he frees everyone, he didn't want one guy to die. For one guy to escape. So you had to kill him. I mean it makes perfect sense if you think about it. Hmm. I, I, Speaking of when rabbit does get killed. Once he dies, they don't know it at first. And then he like falls through the ceiling. Yeah. And he falls like while they're all eating. Yeah. And onto the dining table. And it looks great. Like when they do a close up of it, it looks really good. But my question is do the prisoners get a second seconds? Or is that mm. not allowed? Mm. Do they get I another like plate? Or I mean, Mark, you're the prison expert. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you, you don't. You don't get any more. No, you should oh, have eaten well, faster. There you have it. There you yeah, have it. Yeah. So that also, sucks. I, I, that really I was sucks a little then. distracted in that scene because they're eating, but they're eating on a table that you. There's no one sitting on the other side. Of the t- it's like a short table, like a bar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have tables like that in prison where you just is. Everyone's just viewing just one direction. It's just what do you mean one... you don't know if they have tables like that in prison? What You're the, the prison I mean, expert, Mark. I know. I, and the and the ones that I have seen are, are oh. around. Around. How oh, many okay. prisons have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, like I said, I've never gone to prison. I just do a lot of research. As wrong, you, know. you have been to prison, Mark, <laughs> and I went with you. We went to Alcatraz. <gasps> we did. We did go to Alcatraz, yeah. and they did not have short tables. That they didn't. Granted, they didn't really set up the dining hall very yeah, well, that, but yeah, yeah. that's Brothers true. Brothers at Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> if if we, Weasel would have definitely taken the whole gang out to oh, Alcatraz. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Escape. Prison exchange program, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this these movies have to get made. I I think that he's on the cusp of a huge comeback. <laughs> Polly, let's let's talk, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know you want to make Polly in prison? That's one thing he hasn't mm-hmm. done yet. Come mm-hmm. on. Um in the prison now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, <laughs> he's been in the army, he's been on jury duty, he's been inside a biodome. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's been he a, hasn't been buying bars. He's been an almost son-in-law. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's done it all. He's done it all. 
he's been Charlie Schlaughter's best friend. Yeah, get behind bars, <laughs> Wheeze. Yeah, it's time to go to jail, Wheeze. <laughs> I, I I don't know how many people at this point have stopped listening. <laughs> In this episode, they're like. I didn't realize this was a Polly Shore episode. I'm yeah. very, well, very. Why are they talking? So why you, are they obsessed with Polly? Anybody Shore who's now? hanging on is hanging on <laughs> to hear things we love and things we <laughs> electricity hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love, the things we hated about prison. Mark, what's something you loved? Um, <clears throat> the thing I loved is also what I hated. So, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I hated, but it also moved into the thing that I loved, which I touched on a little bit earlier. Alcatraz, which I know because we were there, Ryan, had a one to three uh, guard to prisoner ratio. Oh, okay. This, this prison had like a, a 10 to one. Yes. Like prisoner to mm-hmm. guard ratio, which means... The prisoners could have overthrown the the prison at any time. The mm-hmm. fact that they even spent one night in jail is a miracle. Also, uh, they they all like to travel in packs, so it makes it much easier to take them all down at once. Right. I suppose it's not as good when you're all by yourself, but like they are always together, and I'm like they just need everybody to cur- surround them, and right. it's pretty easy to take them down. Yeah, it, exactly. So. I give them a lot of credit for keeping the prisoners in the prison as long as they did with before the prisoners figured out we could overrun this. So then I thought, how are they doing it? And this is where we get into the thing I loved. I talked about this earlier. Having constantly evolving expectations with your staff, or in this case, prison, prison, prison guards overseeing prisoners. So sure, one night, it's a music and board game night. Everyone's down with that. No one wants to leave. They're having fun. They got the harmonicas going. Everyone's having a great time. Playing chess. Then, playing chess. The next day, you burn all their beds. Okay, that's going to piss people off. Wait they're a minute. Get... We were having so much fun. <laughs> right. Now they're going to be thinking, riot, riot, riot. But the next day, you say, it's prime rib and potatoes night. And they're like, oh, I'm going to stick around for that. That sounds delicious. Until so rabbit you... comes crashing through the Right, until rabbit comes crashing. And then it's like, oh, shit, maybe we riot. Can I get any Wait. more of that prime rib? <laughs> nope. Nope. That's it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Lift up rabbit. It's under there. You can rinse it off. <laughs> I'm just saying... It's charming when you don't make the the boundaries clear. Uh, And that keeps people on their toes. And I think that's when you have a 10 to 1 ratio, that's how you keep some sense of control over your staff. This could also be used in in management in any company or or business. Trust, I've got a book coming out. So please hit me up. Just, you know, give something cool one day, fire half the staff the next. You know, that's it works. That's the mark way. Trust me. Anything can be a sentence, (laughs) a prison sentence. I know a lot about prisons. I've never been to one that I can recall until my brother reminded me. Erica, Erica, what is something you love? I mean, I obviously loved seeing a young Vigo. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun for me, um, seeing him in there, because I really don't 
this is probably other than Lord of the Rings and um, <laughs> in terms of and what's the other one that he was in? History of Violence? Is that him? Yes. History of Violence. That sure. would have been one. Yeah. There's a lot more violence. In really? That you've really gone really, in deep. I really. <laughs> on the old Is that the one where he gets into a fist fight naked? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Eastern Promises? <laughs> so, sorry. Oh, oh it yeah, is. That it is Eastern yeah. Promises. I've seen right. Eastern yeah. Promises, right. too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's got real excited about a naked fist fight. <laughs> yeah. I like a naked fist fight. <laughs> oh god that's funny oh, Polly Shore approves that's right that's right um I actually really liked I really liked this movie too I liked a lot of I, not all of the effects worked but I think a lot of them did I yeah I think blowing the doors off the prisons looked cool anytime it was something simple like that I think they did it really well i think the smaller the the smaller effects worked very well the use of light was great and was very it always made me just like a little scared like a little uncomfortable and i did think the ensemble cast was good yeah i mean mm-hmm. i really mm-hmm. loved you know you don't often take that kind of deep dive into the cast and i felt like we learned a little bit about each of them you could sort of tell each one apart where sometimes it's just like a prison movie and it's a new world. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just the, you know, this character X and sometimes they don't I, have names. So I really, I thought, you know, the ensemble cast was, was very well done. Yeah. yeah. Tiny Lister in a different, yeah. Kind of playing a bit against type really. Mm-hmm. Um, not the, not the asshole Debo, but you always think he is. Cause he's got that kind of face where he's like, looks mm-hmm. they got a scowl to mm-hmm. him but he's actually yeah. a nice dude lots of lots of good people in it i loved um andre de shields as sandor uh the guy who goes with vigo in order to knock down the wall yep. <clears throat> yeah and then yeah. he's like uh he's la- later he's praying to kana and he's the one who gets the blue light through yeah. the chest he's like very he good. commits like hell to this movie yeah. i was like damn that guy like he's really more of a theater actor and he's not really done a lot of movies. He's oh. not a lot of TV, but not a lot of movies. He committed like hell to this movie. I yeah. was like, holy shit. He really like gave because his that's all. Something that's a, that's a role or a, you know, character choice that's written that could very much be over the top and not, you know, believable and like, okay, come on. And I think he, yeah. he does a great job, but he does his, he just, he conveys so much fear in his eyes mm-hmm. while he's doing it. Like almost like you're not sure if he even wants to be kind of conjuring this up, but he is. And it's like, he's already in too deep. So he's just going for it. When it's, he's like, Oh, he, he touched my hand and all that stuff. Yeah. Literally the ghost of Charles Forsyth burst through the wall is a blue light. And mm-hmm. we just get some optical effects of like mm-hmm. electricity going up towards it. There's nothing that would indicate. And he had to not known what it was at all going to look like yeah. while he's on set. No clue what they're going to do for the effect. They're going to do something. Who knows? And he made me buy in. There's yeah. You don't see him ever touching him or holding nope. his, None of that. But he makes you kind of go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Gave it like a real depth to it that it really was not there because it's just kind of a silly um effect especially now probably not as silly then those opticals but 
but still a little yeah, but bit. That's it's what I mean, definitely like, a B movie, and it knows that. I mean, it's not yeah. like it doesn't know. It's, yeah, it, but it's, it's it those little touches that make it like, ooh. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, especially it, it, the like, way, oh. you, like you said, the fear on yeah. his face. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, something I loved. Um, I loved all the realism. They really shot this in an actual prison that mm-hmm. had been shut mm-hmm. down. Um, they used a lot of real prisoners yep. as the guys in the background. The guy who plays Rhino, as a matter of fact, is in fact was a guy who was in prison, huh. who happened to be a like stuntman actor, who His happened is, to study at Juilliard, and who just happened. <laughs> he was a stuntman who had gotten into a bar fight and he had killed somebody in a bar fight, and he was he was on a manslaughter charge. The guy oh, who played wow. Rhino, his name is Jeez. Stephen Little, and so he happened to be a prisoner in the state of Oklahoma, I believe. So they were like, let's put him in the role. So like they used real people in this. Um, and I think that sense of realism is really helps this movie lift it. And while it knows yeah. it's a B movie, it kind of lifts it a little bit above. And on top of that, the real effects, John Carl uh, Buchler, who, you know, started out doing effects, did worked on Forbidden World uh, for New World Pictures. He does a lot of stuff. He's, again, one of the regular crew for Empire Pictures starts directing movies for Empire Pictures, including a movie that New World released on video called Cellar Dweller. And um, and in this, he uh, he hooks up with uh, Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder of House 2 fame, um, who is... A, who didn't do much after that. Did not do much. But he does the stunts in this and actually ends up playing Charles Forsyth at the end of the movie. And after this movie, because he worked with John Carl Buechler, the next movie he Kane Hodder makes is with John Carl Buechler and they make Friday seven where he first plays Jason mm. and in the special feature on the Blu-ray uh, Kane Hodder is the one to say this movie is what brought us together and is how I started playing Jason. Oh, that's cool. So it's that's because awesome. of prison. So, um, Buechler. Buechler. <laughs> Buechler. Buechler. But how about his Polly? Buechler. The Ukler, the Ukamaster, the Bukeloo. We're mixing in some Rob Schneider in there with. Why not? Oh, ditch at the end there. Right. Um, they also, just one last thing I really like too. I love the little scene where they like are talking through that shard of glass. Oh yeah. There's like little things like that in this movie that yeah. I really dug. Um, but there's something to be said about practical effects, mm-hmm. real environments. Like you get a lot out of it. And one thing empire used to do a whole lot was set a whole movie in a single location. And that only really works really at least effectively when you can actually get a really good location. And that's yeah. what they had here. They had a very yeah. good location yeah. to shoot this movie. For sure. If they shot this all in Mrs. Bacula's motel room, <laughs> it would have been a rough one. It would have been a rough, would have been rough. It would have been rough. Um, uh, in fact, they even had to build the warden's office in the gymna- in what was the gymnasium in the prison. Oh. They had to build it because they had to build it so it would be uh, high up so they mm-hmm. can then push the body through the to floor. the floor. Yeah. Yep. Which was a cool effect, too. Yeah. I dug it. All right, let's switch to things we hated. Mark, what's we maybe touched on this. Is there I, anything I'll else you hated? In, I'll throw in one other thing that I hated, but it's it's I, I liked it and I hated it too. 
And that is the scene where uh, uh, you had mentioned his character when he's summoning the the ghost. Um, yeah, uh, it's San- uh, San- Sandor. 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 <clears throat> okay, but he takes off his shirt. He cuts like a whole circle around his chest, and then sure. puts the sh- the white shirt, the white button down shirt, back on. Yeah, like there's no amount of shout that's gonna get yep, that stain. Out I knew of that, that shirt. that would bother that, you. I was that... like, why'd you put the shirt back on? You're like, you like, before I get this spirit in me, I want to dirty up a shirt that and make sure nobody else can wear this. That, there's no other explanation. I'll I'll also let another explanation possible reason. Is that it made the special effect work a lot better if they had a shirt on him? <laughs> but I mean, that aside, it just it, it helped continuity, but it didn't right. help your. Uh, it did not looking help looking at that shirt, going, "That's filthy." That you're is never going to be able to and get that, that, that out. Is, even yucky. Anthony Perkins would say, "Poof, I'm not wearing that one." <laughs> That's too much. And he loved a filthy shirt in Crimes of Passion. Erica, what is something that you hated? Well, I mentioned that I loved the smaller special effects. I did not, I don't know if I want to say hate, but I did not enjoy the very last large special effect of sure. this huge sort of lightning bolt, elect- electricity bolt into the ground, and then the physical ghost of Charles, Charles. Mm-hmm. on the chair. I just, I don't know. I think it kind of, in a way, undid everything that was set up from like, he's touching my hand and he's kind of this, mm-hmm. he can manipulate the prison. I mean, I thought that like that, that's it. Why it's scarier he, in your mind. It, than it, it was is. exactly. It was scarier you know. in my mind. And it was, and I think it was, um, once they got out of the prison and I, I would have liked to have seen it, that he kind of lost power over them. Yeah. Because his power, yeah relied on that prison and his spirit was tied to that prison. So as soon as they step out of it, then he appears in front of them. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't care for that. I think I was overthinking it at that point And I just didn't, it didn't work for me. I would rather have seen him kind of force the warden down into the execution room or get him trapped in the basement yeah, 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 somehow yeah. or make it yeah, so that he yeah. couldn't, so that he couldn't escape. Right. So he couldn't everywhere he went, he couldn't get out of the prison. I just, I didn't care for the, him getting, making his way out and then sure, seeing sure. him in ghost form. Didn't care for that. Something I hated, um, we we don't really get what Croesus, who's really well played by uh, the actor Lincoln Kirkpatrick, what he did to be involved in the death of Charles Forsyth. Yeah, it's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. You see him in the newspaper when she's, when, when uh, Mrs. Bakula is looking up the 1964 <laughs> newspaper. Thank you. And it, th- yes. <laughs> and, 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 and again, like I said, I paused it and I took a look at it and it's like, he basically gave testimony from Croesus and that's what got him as well as like the, the, the warden is what got uh, Charles Forsyth convicted of beating another prisoner to death. Right. That said, he also was already a prisoner. So there's that. So when they said in the synopsis that he was a crime, he didn't commit. I don't, which one, I guess the first one, who knows? doesn't matter. Um, but I just was like, I really liked uh, Creases. I really liked that character. He sort of is uh, Vigo's uh, cellmate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's um, a little bit of an older gentleman. Again, they're playing mm-hmm. him to be much older than he actually was. Right. But I just didn't understand. Like, there's lots of plot holes in this. I still really like this movie, but there's holes. 
the biggest being like, what did he even do? Like, we don't even talk about it. They have a couple scenes where they talk about the incident and they don't bother to bring it up. I'm like, what? that was your opportunity. It's right there. Yeah. It's right there. He, he has a yeah. scene with the warden. He has a couple scenes with the warden, to be to be fair. But there's one where he's in the bed and he shot himself in the foot. I'm like, right there, you could could have gone into it. You spend more time with the warden going, I kept you safe all these years, which I'm like, I'm not, no one's worried about that. Talk to us about the ghost. Tell us yeah. how they're involved in that. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Anyway, it's a small thing, to be honest, because mm-hmm. as much as this movie has, has some issues, there's no doubt about it. But there's so much that I enjoyed about it that I was like, eh, that's all right. I mean, yeah, who exactly. knows we've watched enough movies on, <laughs> with this podcast that I'm like, this is not a terrible offender no. as far as I'm concerned. This is actually a pretty a pretty damn good B-movie, to be honest. Speaking of good things, let's talk about our favorite scene. Mark, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when the prison guard, whose name is escaping me, gets wrapped up in the barbed wire. Uh, yes. Because yes. it's it's a really well shot scene. I mean, it looks really good. Obviously, Wallace, they're doing, I believe, is doing the reverse on the on the you know winding of the barbed wire, but it looks really good. And if at any point in that scene Pinhead had walked out, I would have been like, Yeah, totally tracks. To- I mm-hmm. should have seen that coming. That makes sense. Erica has mentioned the same thing in that scene where she was like, hey, this this movie's going full Hellraiser here with a way. <laughs> yeah. He was, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's a good one. Erica. Uh, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene. Gosh, I had two favorite scenes. That was one of them. And because you already mentioned it, Mark, I'll give my second, which was when Rabbit and the other um, prisoner, whose name I'm forgetting, were essentially being melted when yeah, they were in my, solitary. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That was wild. It yeah. was just, it visually looks very good, I think, mm-hmm, sure. at the time with kind of making the walls look bright red and the yeah. door gets bright red and. Um, just having Rabbit be in there, like, what's going on? What's going on? And just hearing his, you know, cellmate or neighbor, whatever you want to say, just sort of like melting, like being burned alive. And you see the shoes melting and sticking to the floor. Like, oh, it was just so, it's good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. And again, had that terrible mask, which I I loved (laughs) because I was like, yeah, that's not great. You know, but but it was amazing and like yeah. at least it would like it moved it had movement mm-hmm. to it like clearly they had put some work into it but it just looked so fake and i was like yes and then when, they, when they open the door and he falls out and he's like all crispy and crispy burned. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i forgot you said that was your favorite scene Sorry. yeah oh no, no stole your favorite scene thunder. no no it's, I, I stole my favorite scene um yeah yeah that okay let's go on to final questions these are our final questions for prison Getting back to the opening scene, um, I really liked getting the killer's point of view and being electrocuted in the chair. My question is, why is it so smoky in there? Did they double book some executions that day? I mean, <laughs> why is it did the smoky warden in the just, execution room? Yeah, did the warden just come in and have a smoke in between? I, what? It's it's I did know. somebody it's put that, a little fire? It's, in? A, it's that fuse box. They're popping fuses mm. right and left, and you know you just get a little bit of ether in the air from that. So, oh. yeah, that Good that's point. the problem. Good point. Okay, uh, guys, say you get put in prison. And Mark, this sounds like you, okay. you would be I'm, pretty. You'd right. be into this. All right, I'm I'm with you. Top bunk or bottom bunk? 
Is it how old am I? <laughs> I mean, if we're going by the ages of the guys in this, you're either middle aged or approaching it. So definitely bottom bunk because mm. the yeah mm. the the knees are not going to handle the hopping up and down. Got it. Um, okay, you know okay. over the course of a full sentence. Sure, sure. Because I'm sure. assuming I'm in twenty years to life. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights, so bottom bunk for me. Ryan, what about you? <laughs> I mean, I'm top bunk. I'm top bunking it. I'm really? sorry. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm going top bunk. I was surprised that there was a point of contention between tiny lister and and lasagna that i was like i don't know but i guess tiny is actually such a big dude so he might be like no i'm bottom bunk i get it but i would have been top bunk all the way so i I would have been like like lasagna i'd be like yeah i'll take top bunk i don't care i'll be fine i feel like top bunk's also always going to be a softer bed than a bottom bunk Mm. you you know you, you can't get the same kind of spring support from a top bunk I mean, when I when when I go to prison, I (laughs) you know I am bringing my purple mattress with me, and I think it's important. I mean, Mm -hmm. just because I'm serving time doesn't mean that my back has to serve time. Warden, just 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 a quick word. Um, my lumbar support in these beds is not. Am I right? Am I right? I I mean, Warden, just a quick question: Has anybody else used the pillow I'm gonna get? Because that's gonna be a hard. (laughs) That's a hard. That's a hard. Really also. I need a fresh pillow. Fresh pillow. I need a also, fresh pillow. I like those cube pillows if you have them. Yeah, one in yeah, the back, yeah, yeah. maybe. I want something to keep my spine straight if you could. Yeah. I really need that support. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for game night. <laughs> Can I have some water before bed? I need some water by my bed. <laughs> Get real thirsty in the night. That's our kids going to prison. That would be like if we suddenly just said, you do not get water near your bed. They'd be like, what? Has happened. This what a this is a prison. nightmare. This, this is, is a nightmare. I swear, <laughs> I've I went through my childhood completely dehydrated. I am just seeing the way kids these days like drink water nonstop. I'm oh, like, I know. I was I was one hundred percent dehydrated. I had maybe a cup of water, and that was enough to last me the whole day. The whole day. That was all you had. That's and all if you, you got. Get anything from a, a fountain at school? It'd be like maybe a couple slurps. Yeah, and or then you there'd might be take... a kid behind you, so you're like, I can't sit here and drink all day i gotta get out of this you would play three hours of soccer in the front yard and you might take a couple nips off the garden hose and be like that's good enough I'm yeah that's good. good it was I warm water so yeah, i don't i can't I don't do too anymore. much and it tastes like the hose so it's <laughs> not right. great but whatever i had it and that should suffice a couple but, nips. <laughs> but imagine what your kids will think when either when one or both of you fall through the ceiling covered in blood right they'll be like right huh, now this is like prison. God. Yeah. With yeah. them, they'll be. I think what they'll be like is like, oh, it got on my water cup. This Damn sucks. it! Just got a fresh water. Oh, I just filled it with fresh water. Oh, it's a pain in the ass to get water in this place. Getting back to the to the solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. What is the deal with all that water? I mean, there's a leak somewhere, right? What is the deal? Do you think that was really down there in the prison and they had to walk through it? Or was that added? Like, I don't so know. Gross. It's so yucky. I don't know. I thought that too. I was like, ew, I bet that was just down there. So I was gross. having a hard time understanding how they were stepping in water outside of the cells. But in the cells, the cell, there wasn't water on the floor. I was like, 
it should have seeped under the door. Uh, I don't right. know how you. I don't know how that works. But right, me neither. So, yeah. So I was. I wasn't even thinking about where it was coming from. I was thinking about that was a little bit of the of a flaw in the mechanics of if you have if you have ankle high water on the floor, it's going to be on all the floor, not just in one room. <laughs> right. Right. Just in the main greeting area. <laughs> yeah. Right. In the in the foyer of the basement. Right. Just to get your shoes wet. And then you have to go into <laughs> solitary confinement with wet shoes. Yeah. Right. But otherwise, like, it's completely dry in there. You're fine. But you'll dry out pretty quick once it turns into an oven when the ghost tries to kill you. Very so. true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, like you'd wish they were, they were wetter. <laughs> Let me run outside and get them in the water. Um, they could have fired the warden at any time. Correct? The prisoners? No. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, Ryan. <laughs> Everybody, just write yes or no and put your answers in this hat. <laughs> We'll see if we're gonna no because the one, uh, the, one, uh, <laughs> no, the, one, the uh, warden is constantly like obviously fudge, fudging the um, the reports because which I actually kind of liked as a detail where like some of the prisoners are dying and he's not filling out the reports correctly and so Mrs. Bacula is trying to get those uh, going and she's on the phone with like the prison board but they won't fire him and I'm like. Can't they just fire him? Like, is there something about Wyoming where you are not allowed to just fire somebody? Well, I would, I would, I would say that they will be hard pressed to find a replacement that also never goes home and works twenty four seven. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He even slept at that at that office. Remember, mm-hmm. yeah. we get him up a couple times yeah. where he's just napping in the office because he never. This leaves. isn't a job; it's a lifestyle for him. Just yeah. be careful how you wake him up because he is armed. So just yeah. be careful. Right. right. That him waking up and immediately pulling a gun was like, oof! I should be sure I never get a gun. Yeah, because I was about to say waking Ryan's you up. Sometimes life is at risk is if like, I have a gun because I'm going to. I have definitely <laughs> come across that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into some very quick research here. Um, this movie started shooting in May of 1987 at the Wyoming State Prison in Rollins, Wyoming, which had uh, been closed since 1981. As Rennie Harlan told Tulsa World in June of 1988, prison was shot on a 39-day schedule in the abandoned Wyoming State Prison. Um, they spent weeks... Uh, interviewing new state prisons for parts of the picture uh, inmates at the new state prison and um, their horror stories tried to incorporate that into the script. Harlan said it was very intense. It was a very heavy shooting schedule with so many special effects and so many extras all the time. that It really took everybody's energy to make it happen. I would say 39 days though is pretty good. I have to seriously would be very good for a new world movie. And I have to think for empire too. The only relaxing moments the crew had, I guess, were on the weekends when they went river rafting or horseback riding or something. The scenery is beautiful around there. But I wouldn't know. I never had time to go anywhere, he says. Um, bitch, the movie, bitch, bitch. I God know. damn. Sorry. <laughs> well, he's from a foreign country, so he's like, I'd like to see some of the, you know, the layout. Well, this ain't this ain't no vacation, <laughs> Rennie. Uh, <laughs> this is Renfield. America. <laughs> This is released in theaters March 4th, 1988 and limited release in the United States by Eden Distributing Company, which 
I have to think is a made up company because it only released a couple other Empire movies, mm-hmm. Catacombs and Pulse Pounders. At that point, of course, Empire is falling apart and is running out of money. And so they did not have good distribution anyway. In fact, there, as we talked about it when we did Ghost Town, Empire would often um, only do limited release or enough of a release just to kind of get some uh, word of mouth out there, some press out there, so people would know that this was a movie that was in theaters and they would really make their money on video. However, they didn't have their own video department. I think they sold it to Vestron. And Vestron mm-hmm. would do a lot of that. Vestron was going down. And I think that's how New World Pictures ended up with Ghost Town and this, Southern mm-hmm. Dweller and a couple others, was merely because they couldn't uh, uh, help out. So New World just picked up some of the other Empire movies that had no distribution. So it was certainly not New World putting it out because maybe they would have had a little bit more distribution than what it got. Instead, uh, this is released on VHS Shortly thereafter, from what I can tell, around late May 1988, which would put it when um, Flowers in the Attic was rocking Billboard's top video cassette rentals chart at number 16. (laughs) Earlier that month, it was joined by Hellraiser, who was at number 14. Mm. Um, I I would think that Hellraiser would have been higher up. Yeah. Well, the, right. I think it was, you know, as it, I think it was kind of trickling out at that point. Maybe. Oh. Okay. Okay. Because it's 88. So we're also looking towards Hellraiser 2 coming out. Okay. But we, we, I think we've been on video for a little bit. But um, yeah. Uh, Flowers in the Attic ahead, ahead of the Sicilian on Vestron Video, oh, speaking boy. of. Wow. Um, and Hellraiser earlier in May. Number 14, be in front of The Hidden, Jack Shoulders. Oh, yeah. The Hidden, who we talked to on this podcast. Yep. Um, how did Rennie Harlan break out of Finland? Um, here's an interview he had. Of course, like I said, in August of 1988 is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Mm-hmm. So he goes from this right into that and, you know, has almost very little time in between. But he said, um, which I thought was interesting. He's like, uh, I don't know if this has changed since 1988, so just keep that in mind. But he says, I guess I'm the first Hollywood director who ever came out of Finland. For that matter, I suppose no other Finnish director or actors have ever gained prominence in Europe or in the United States. Um, He says he really loves his country, but uh, he says in Finland, exactly eight pictures are made a year in the Finnish language. And they are all financed by the government through an agency called the Finnish Film Foundation. Um. So the average cost of each picture is $700,000 of taxpayers' money. And five years between 1979 hmm. and 1984, I submitted 25 scripts to the government, and none of them uh, were funded because they were considered too commercial. Hmm. But the terrible part is that only about 10,000 Finns go to see Finnish movies. They stay away because the government chooses scripts about social consciousness and art films that are so serious nobody enjoys them. Yet a million Finns will go to see an artistic film like Amadeus. So that's how he kind of breaks out. He really wanted to make an American movie, and that's why he makes Born American, even though he used he shot it in Finland with mostly a Finnish crew. But he was clearly trying to break into mm-hmm. the American market. So to close out, since this is the only time we're going to talk about Rennie Harlan on this podcast, what's your favorite Rennie Harlan film? I think I'm going to have to go Cliffhanger. With Deep Blue Sea being a really close yeah, second. Really close second. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think I've got to go Deep Blue Sea with the Adventures of Ford Fairlane coming in at a close second. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I do recall seeing a movie with you many years ago, Mark, called Mine Hunters mm-hmm. with Christian Slater. Uh, which we enjoyed a lot of. We really enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, but, you know, I would go The Long Kiss Goodnight, I think is one of his better movies that he's ever made. Um, maybe not the most fun movie. It's a little bit more serious of some of his other movies. And I certainly am not going to turn down any rewatch of Cliffhanger or The Deep Blue Sea or even uh, Die Hard 2, which... You know, I didn't love at the I time. I forgot but... about Long Kiss Goodnight. Is that the one where Gina Davis has blonde hair? Yeah, uh, yes, because he was married yeah. to Gina Davis for a time. What? Yeah. God, everybody was married to Gina Davis but me. <laughs> <laughs> no fair. Here's the problem with <laughs> Die Hard. When am I going to get a chance with you, Gina? <sighs> Here's oh. the problem I have with Die Hard 2. Oh, okay. L- land, oh. At, land at another fucking airport. There the are snowstorm, Mark. The snowstorm. There are many other airports. There are many airports. They're landing is... at Dulles. Go to Reagan. It's right there. It's just land over it, there. It is. It is a good point that uh, growing up in Southern California and watching Die Hard two many times, which I did as a kid, it definitely made me think like, oh man, when it's snowing out like crazy, like you're screwed if you're in an airplane. <laughs> I really thought there was just no way around it. And then when we lived in the Midwest, it was like. Oh no, this happens all the time. And they're prepared for a lot of this weather. Right. And if not, you can fly somewhere else. Like all those questions. But like for Calif- for a young California kid watching Die Hard 2 is like, you're screwed with that kind of snow. You're right. screwed. What do pe- how do people even fly during the winter? Right. What do you even do? You just <laughs> they have to stay just, home. They must just close airports and be like, we'll see you in the spring. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't even know how people from the Midwest get out. And if they do get out, they're rushing so quickly, they forget Kevin. So that is how, it, that's how all trips go. That's how it goes. Yep. That's how it goes. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. That was Prison. We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, if you want to know more about us, you want to hear our other episodes, go to our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com, and you can find out all of our information, all of our socials, all of our episodes, uh, our T-shirts. There's articles to read, a whole bunch of stuff there. So go to the website, please. Uh, Mark did a great job building it. So go check that out. <laughs> no, 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 don't I mention did that. Not. I didn't. I don't <laughs> okay. say it. No. Okay. All right. Well, on mobile, don't say things that. kind of fall apart. It, yeah, okay. it annoys well, me. All right. Okay. Never mind. Uh, somebody did a good job. Wix, <laughs> Wix did a great job building that site for us. Wix did not do that. <laughs> uh, uh, WordPress Pete did awesome. <laughs> no one will understand any of this. Cut this out. Uh, so go to our website. Check out all that stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend if you can to listen to the episode, uh, listen to the podcast. That would be great too. Uh, and we'll see you next time for another August episode of the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.